a sulky, over-funky, kinda hulky superhero. A two-fisted and electrically transistored superhero. An exotically erotic and aquatic superhero. The Marvel superheroes have arrived. Hello and welcome to Marvel Vision, a Marvel Studios TV show podcast brought to you by Cinema Sangha. My name is Devin Faraci. I'm one of the hosts of the program. Joining me as he traditionally does. My name is Dark Faraci, and I'm a believer. Oh, boy, the monkeys. Yeah. How you doing, Derek? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm all right. I, uh, I bought I, – I have a local record store, and they post on Instagram, like, the used vinyl they're putting out. Yeah. And this morning they posted a picture of the original Battlestar Galactica soundtrack on vinyl. <laughs> and I had to work today. So I spent all day hoping that nobody else is going to go buy it. And I got to the record store after work and I was able to buy it. Well, there you go. That's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It was only 10 bucks. So I feel pretty good well, about it. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Uh, the original Battlestar Galactica theme is probably one of the top five TV show themes of all time. I don't remember it. I got to be honest with you. Oh my gosh. Well, you're in luck because I happen to have it loaded. There you go. Right here. Oh, I do remember this. Of course I do. Duh. I mean, this is the one of those. They use this as the, 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 the uh, theme yeah. of Caprica. The national anthem, yeah. I mean, brilliant use of, of, of in universe uh, music. But this yeah. is. I mean, this is just one of my favorite of all time. And then it, it, it keeps building and growing. And then this, for some reason, the sound quality of this is very bad. And it's slowing down and going faster. <laughs> anyway, that's that. So that is uh, uh, the Battlestar Galactic theme song. Uh, so that's what I bought today. And I listened to that loud in my living room when I got home from work. Because I'm cool. a 48-year-old dork. Yep. Still in a still in a relationship, huh? Well, here's we almost broke up today. Uh-oh. Oh, I was joking. Jesus. Because she took a photo of the album and like a video of it playing. Yeah. And she posted with it the caption fracking toasters. Okay. Well. Wrong show. Yeah. Wrong show. Yeah. Uh, unacceptable. Just it, it, I I was my my head was spinning. I was red with rage. So how, how dare you? In my home. In my home. I love <laughs> Where the my reboot. children sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I no love the reboot. <laughs> my children come to play with their toys. <laughs> right? Isn't that the line? That is the line. Have you been yeah. watching The Offer on Paramount Plus? No. I've, you've asked me this like three weeks in a row and I always have to tell you no. It's, and you're like, I just watched a new episode this morning. Uh, it's we should have a fucking podcast about this one. This show is unbelievable, man. It is yeah. the worst. It is so bad, but I cannot stop watching it. I am drawn to it magnetically. Like I watch it first thing in the morning when it drops. There's so much stuff to watch. I don't like. I've only been able to watch one episode of the new Kids in the Hall. I've got like I'm three episodes behind on the new MST. You know, there's so much to do. There is a lot to do. It is true. That is New true. Kids in the Hall, by the way. I don't know how the rest of the episodes are going to be, but it starts off so strong. Beautiful. Excited Beautiful to watch stuff. it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to watch it tonight. Canceled. Waiting for people online to get very upset with it. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Some of their material from the old show is definitely not 
some of their material from the episode. <laughs> like, wow. Really? Yeah. Oh, very excited. Very, very yeah. excited. Uh, but that's yeah. not what we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about uh, Marvel TV shows or, or in general superhero TV shows. Yes. And superhero uh, live action stuff. Do we have any news in that general area? We actually have quite a bit of news. What do we got? Uh, today. Uh, let's see. What do we want to start with? That's the question. We're going to save that for the end. I don't know. You're the news guy, uh, man. The Moon Knight producers, uh, Grant Curtis and Nick Pepin, have been brought on to work on Fantastic Four. Okay. So that's exciting. Good for them. Some movement there. I guess now they're uh, left, right? Jeremy Slater, who show ran Moon Knight, uh, was uh, a writer on the last Fantastic Four movie. Oh, that's right. He was, wasn't he? Uh, he left. Um, the, the movie that was made is not his movie. Yeah, he did like an early script, right? Yeah, like Galactus is in his movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so yeah. like he made he made like a. I read that script, and it's a pretty good Fantastic Four movie. Um, so I'm curious if they're talking to Slater. Yep. There you go. Maybe that'd be interesting. Uh, I'm try- I, I don't know. I, Fantastic Four is real hard to crack, I think, in a lot of ways, because you need an earnestness to it that I don't know if Marvel is willing to do these days. You I know? mean, the Eternals is pretty earnest. It is. That's very true. It is. It is. I think it's going to be about the filmmaker understanding that, and I think also within but, uh, the Fantastic. I mean, also, keep in mind the Eternals was wrecked by critics. So I can right. see Marvel being like, okay, don't go that way because. But I don't think, you know, I, I think that it's because I love Eternals. It's earnest, but it's not serious. Yes. So yes. it's earnest, but also it has characters like the thing and the human torch who are funny. Yes. Yeah. And it, they can do one liners. Those are the characters that are built to do one liners and do comedy bits and do like bickering back and forth comedy bits. And then within the larger context of it, it's, um, you know, not a serious thing. It, it's, it's, it's full of wonder and awe, but it's also sort of a childlike joy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's, I think it's a rough one. I think it's easy to try and be like, like one thing I appreciate about the original two fantastic four I guess the middle two Fantastic Four movies, because there's the Corman one, right? So that's the original. But the the two uh, ones from the early aughts, from the early right. thousands, is that they are earnest movies. Like, they're not good, per se, but they're also not, like, being like, look how goofy these characters are. Right. Or, you know, and I appreciated that. You know, they're still not good, but, you know, what are you going to do? What, what else are you going to do? Uh, we got uh, the... Uh, arrest footage, uh, Ezra Miller's arrest footage was released where we got to hear him say, I got assaulted and I started filming. Let me show you the video. I got assaulted at the bar twice in a row. I film myself when I get assaulted for NFT crypto art, which leads to two questions. One, how often are you getting assaulted? And two, what are you doing making NFTs for? We all know that that's dead. Uh, or that's just a really funny joke. I, I'm, maybe he's making a joke there. I don't maybe know. he's doing a bit. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's hard to know. I feel really bad for this guy. Yes. Yes. There was also a report this week that uh, there were rumors that he was being replaced, that they were going to refilm Flash and replace him. And then uh, the bigger names in new in entertainment news, like Scoops, came out and were like, no, actually Warner Brothers is working with him. He's he's in like therapy now and they're they're working to help him out. Right. So that was very nice to hear that they're not just 
walking away from this guy. They're like, hey, let's let's work with you here and see if we can get you the help you need. Let's just get out of this last one and then just part ways. <laughs> I mean, that's honestly what they're doing, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, look, we just need you well enough to do the the you know the tour, like the circuit, when it's time to re- to get the movie press out there. So let's do that. Uh, they also released an image from this upcoming Netflix Sandman series mm-hmm. uh, of of Morpheus, and he's holding his helmet. He's not wearing his his cool helmet, but he's holding it. And it looks pretty, you know, he looks, he looks kind of like a cosplay of more. That's the thing. So there was like footage of them on set. Uh, and, um, it did not look good. It did not look interesting. The the footage of them on set, I was like, well, you know, who knows? And, but this is an official photo from like entertainment weekly. Right. So it's like, oh yeah, he just kind of looks, you know. He, he's not pale. They didn't do the white skin. That's what I don't. Un- yeah, like, I oh. don't understand why that's the deal. Like, I am having like a hard time understanding why they would make that choice. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, he just looks like a dude. I mean, he like just, it's like yeah. it's yeah. not great. It's just not great. And I yeah. like him being all white is like specifically a choice. That's not not just like because that's how coloring works. That's like yeah. they did a choice. The eyes were a choice. The the, the speech bubbles. They like because apparently he's not gonna have like a weird voice. And it's like, what are you doing then? Like I don't know. I'm kind of bummed out by that. I mean, I wrote a whole thing about how I'm probably never going to watch this show only because there's no way that I, I mean, like with my understanding of myself, I know that I can never like this. Yeah. Like it's just impossible for me. I mean, it's not impossible. Maybe if I did give it a shot, I might find that I go, okay, this is really different from what I like about Sandman, but you know, so it's pretty good. Uh, but That's like what I found with the preacher show was it took me a bit to be like, oh, this preacher show is not a direct take of the comic. It's taking the basics of the comic and telling a different story Right. That is more suited for the decade that has passed since Preacher came out, you know. So it's, it's dealing more with that, like the issues that exist now, where Preacher was dealing with the issues that existed then, right? You know, although they turn out to be a lot of the same issues. It's pretty much the same issues. Really, nothing has changed, but uh, it's actually gotten worse. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just don't understand why you just make him look like a dude. Yeah, I'm and like kind way. of like a wimpy dude too. I mean, I know the Sandman like is like a wimpy dude. That's like, like part of the premise. Like he's like he can be roused to anger, but he is like an emo poet guy. Yeah, he's all he's all skinny and whatnot. But like this, just this image is just his. Even his hair is not like enough. I mean, here's the thing. I look at this guy, and I think to myself, I don't want to see this dude hang out in like ancient Greece, <laughs> like in those stories. Like I'm just not going to buy into that story. Like this guy he looks like. He just looks like a cosplay dude. It's real. It's upsetting. Well, I'm looking at him here in this outfit that he has on this black latex outfit. And my first thought is, was he in My Chemical Romance? Like, that's yes. my very first thought. That's what it looks yeah. like. He looks like I, he's I from the emo band. That the My Chemical Romance guys look more like Morpheus than this guy. <laughs> but it looks like he's in an emo band from like 2003. I mean, like, it's not great. No, no. Oh, well, I we'll don't know happens. why they didn't make him pale. I really don't. I really don't get it. They must have done some kind of screen test and decided to look like shit. I mean, like, I, I can respect that. I mean, I wanna... I, 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 yeah, I can definitely see a thing where it's like, oh, the white makes, you know, it doesn't work well with lighting or whatever. But also, we're well past that point now. You can do that post in post and make him white and make it work. Right. You know, it's an expensive show. What it is, they're spending like millions of dollars an episode. Put 10, 20 grand into a digital whitening of him or whatever. Right. You know, I've seen it. I did do it on Star Trek with paint. If they can figure it out on fucking Star Trek in the 60s, you can figure it out today. 
you know, that's all. That's all I got to say on that. What uh, else we got? The CW calling has continued with uh, Naomi being canceled after one season. And Batwoman. Well, Batwoman and Legends we talked about already, I believe, didn't we? Those have already been canceled. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I just, I, I, did anybody watch Naomi? I watched the first two episodes and it really confused me because they worked real hard to disconnect it from the Arrowverse shows. Right. And it was such a weird thing because in the comics, Naomi's whole thing is that she exists in the world of those heroes and then becomes one of them and like starts hanging out with Superman and stuff. And it's like, and Superman is in her story, but in her, in, or in the show, but in the show, it's a thing where it's like, like, but Superman didn't exist two days ago. Where did he come from? And it's like, no, <laughs> like, what do you, why did you change it so much? I don't understand. Why, like, why did you do this show if all you were going to do is like, be like, we're going to take her name and then just do something totally different? Like, I don't know. It seemed very weird to me to do that. But what do I know? What do I know? I mean, as much as anybody else, because nobody watched the show apparently. And so they have yep. canceled it. Yep. 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 Too bad. Which leaves uh, three. You like that comic quite a bit, right? I love that comic. I think I thought that was a great miniseries. I really loved it. I'm really looking forward to the second one that's coming out to, to volume two. So it's out. Worried. It's out right now. It started. I saw it at the comic book store the other day. Oh, did volume two? I didn't know volume two started. All right. Yeah. Well, season two, they're calling it. Season two, yeah. 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 Let me rephrase that. I'm looking forward to when it shows up on DC Universe. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking forward to six months from now. Yeah. Or uh, 12 months from now, because I need the whole series before I start. Oh, reading. you can't start reading until it's all done? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in the news that shocked the world, Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder's Oscar win may have been done with online bots. It's like funny, because this was like a whole thing, and people are like, oh my god. I'm like, of course, that's every online poll. Like, there's no online poll that <laughs> yeah. isn't like this. Yeah. I don't want to be in a position to defend <laughs> the Snyder guys, but like... Yeah, I mean that's just the way it works. That's why you don't do online polls, frankly. Yes. Yeah. It's it's you're stupid. Like it's yeah. it's dumb. And the, the fact the Oscars did an online poll indicated how dumb the producers were. And I don't think it indicated how dumb the producers were. I think it indicated how desperate the producers were to try and get people to watch the Oscars. But I think there's a way to do a fan favorite without just doing a fucking online poll. You do like do you know what I mean? Maybe or something. A call in, maybe maybe people have to pay money or um, some kind of a, even well, like put put more I hoops mean, in, in their way. You know, w- one thing I think you do first off to get people to watch is be like, hey, we're going to do this poll. These are the movies it's going to be during the show. We're going to give you the number to call. Right. You know, that's something that like uh, America's Got Talent. Not America's Got Talent, or maybe that one doesn't do. But uh, whoever the singing one was back in the day. That they they did that right, where it's like, hey, here's the number yeah. for this person, here's the number for that person, call, and next week we'll review. Well, it's you funny know, but, if they had done that, they might have been able to kill Jason Todd live on television. That'd been pretty great. That'd been pretty wild. But they did not do that. Yeah. So, Flash. Yeah. Apparently, Flash entering the Speed Force may not be the greatest moment in cinematic history after all. That's the important thing. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to look into it a bit more. But we are two days away from the big Zack Snyder reveal. Though. Very hard, very hard for Ezra Miller to learn that he is not the most important thing in, in cinema. It's really going all downhill yes. for this kid. Yeah, but yeah, we are. I guess we are right on the edge of learning what Zack Snyder meant when he said, I work out at 5 a.m. Yep. Yeah. 5.15 a.m. Yeah, we're going to find out because May 15th, the, the, the Snyder people have taken this to be a cryptic communication cue style. That I saw, something is going to happen. I saw one tweet. 
that showed that in the his thing right from Vero or wherever it was from, uh-huh. and it said five fifteen, five eighteen, five twenty. Three days that will be very important. And it was like the reveal of uh, like Batman is returning, and then the Snyder versus continuing, and then some other thing. And the guy's like, I have no information on this. And it's like, clearly you have no information on this because none of that makes sense. And I don't know where you're getting your other numbers from. Like, it's just insanity. It's Q-level insanity. Well, what it is, is there is a um, concept in religion called millennialism. And I'm saying that wrong, but uh, I can I can type it, but I can't say it. And it is the premise that uh, there are certain religious groups and movements that create this concept that there's about to be a great struggle and they're the only ones ready for it. And on the other side of this great struggle is going to come the golden age. And originally it's the thousand years of Christ ruling the earth. That's where it began. But like this, it's, it's other religions have this sort of, and other yeah, cults specifically. Yeah. Yeah. And what they do is they just keep kicking the can down the road when the date that they prophesied comes. One of the few cults that I think actually stuck to their guns was Heaven's Gate. Yes. Um, they actually all killed themselves yeah. on the day. They, I mean, like you have to give a little bit of respect for that. And, but usually what they do is they kick the can down the road. Uh, most of the cults that kill themselves don't do it because they're actually believing in something. They do it because they're about to get busted yeah. and the cult leader decides that he'd rather be dead than yeah. in jail. And he also wants everybody <laughs> dead with him. Yeah. Uh, so that's how that usually goes. But uh, the, the Snyder thing has taken on among what some people that? online, a real cult atmosphere. There's, I can't remember the cult now. They talked about it a long time ago on, uh, uh, last podcast on the left about a cult that had a doomsday date and the doomsday date came and went and they're like, oh, we were wrong. And then they just broke up. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. That's great. Like, it's an amazing cult right there. We're like, guess not, guys. All right. See you next week, I guess. I don't know. See you I mean, like, very often uh, millenarism. Yeah, I was pretty close. Uh, very often these, they'll move the dates or what they'll do is they'll say, oh, because we are active, we were able to push the date back. Yeah, we were able to get it done. God gave us more time, or whatever. Yeah, um, this is a little bit more confounding for our friends from the Snyderverse because this date is the date that just everything becomes restored, and there's not like the, there's not going to be the struggle. I don't think for them, and maybe maybe there is. Maybe they think there is a struggle coming, and some kind of war will happen, and Warner Brothers will be violently overthrown or whatever. But um, it, it's just like very fascinating. It's and and that guy making up that information. That's like a hallmark of cult thought. Yes. He's just receiving transmissions, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's very weird. I don't know. I don't know. It's very, very strange. But uh, good luck. What else we got? Uh, Sad news that was breaking today is that MODOK has been canceled by Hulu. after Very sad. Did that end on a cliffhanger? I think it did. I think 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 it it kind of did. Yeah, I feel like it ended on a. It did hang on as a cliffhanger. He was like evil or something at the end, right? Like he yeah. had controlled the world, or I forget. We did oh, a whole yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, about yeah. It. it was. It was a whole. He created like a whole alternate reality kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is the lesson, man. Like, if you're making a TV show, stop ending your TV show on a cliffhanger unless you have a second season, another season picked up already. Just stop. Yeah. Stop doing it. Yeah. yeah. Like it's it stinks. This is one thing I felt with like a show I dearly, dearly loved, uh, Last Man on Earth. Uh, with the uh, uh, Will Forte, Will Forte, and I love that show. But every season, it was like, "Why did you end on cliffhanger? You're going to get canceled. Nobody watches the show." And they got five seasons, and they ended the fifth season on a cliffhanger, and then they got canceled. It's like, guys, how long did you think this would last? 
Like it's amazing you made it past the first season. Yeah, it's it like really very upsetting. frustrating. It's very upsetting. It's like very common these days, and it's very frustrating. And I don't love it. And I wish that these sh- showrunners would would wrap up their season, leave a lot of room, obviously, for the second season. Maybe yeah. even hint at the second season, but don't end on a fucking cliffhanger. Apparently, this is something I read a long time ago, and I imagine there's some truth to it, although I don't know how much. Is that a, a method of doing cliffhanger? Is the hope that the higher ups at the at the network like your show and they'll renew it just because they want to see what happens kind of deal. Like, Oh, like I can't imagine that's the case. I suspect that ending on a cliffhanger, the consideration here, I mean, this definitely happened once. I mean, that happened for quantum leap where quantum leap got a second season because the head of NBC's wife liked quantum leap. And he was like, yeah, that'll happen. Well, yeah, that'll happen sometimes. I don't think that really happens a lot often with these cliffhangers. Uh, I think that what might actually be the hope is that the cliffhanger will be so good that people will talk about it on social media so much that other yeah. folks will go discover the show. Yeah. Yeah. That might be what the hope is. Although I don't know. I just, it's just stop it's doing it. Yeah. Stop yeah. doing it. Also stop having your show so interconnected that I need a five minute last season before I watch it as the new season. And that's all about hacks, by the way, which is a show I greatly enjoy. It's actually funny. I watched the first episode of hacks and I turned to my girlfriend. I said, wait, what happened at the end of the last season? I have no memory I at all. Remember, and luckily the first episode opens with like a four minute previously on hacks because mine didn't have that. Oh, mine did, and I was like, oh, thank God, I forgot all these things happened. <laughs> like, I totally forgot how how the season ended. Yeah, and I, I liked totally the show, forgot. but I, you know, I was talking to our father today, whose whose birthday it is, and I I said to him. We were talking about this exact problem. I said, I think it used to be easier back in the day because you watch Cheers and then there's four or five months before the new season started. And when the new season started, all you need to remember was Sam owns the bar. Norm sits at the end. Everybody drinks. That's pretty much it. Like you didn't need right. to remember like, oh, yes, uh, last season uh, Sam got amnesia and then he got he got trapped in an alternate reality and you know and Norm was over here and this was happening. Like the show, it wasn't an episodic format where every episode was leading into the next one. So they you didn't need to remember every single aspect, you know, where now you have to, no matter what the show is, no matter you know, sitcoms, every episode leads in the next, and you're like, if I missed if I forgot what happened, I'm just not gonna know what's happening anymore. You know, it's a good thing that you mentioned it's our father's birthday because I totally had not put the, those pieces together uh, until right now, and now it's too late to call him. Uh, and he listens to this, I think. Yep. Um, you know what it is? It's funny because it's Friday the 13th. And I knew it was Friday the 13th. Like I knew that because people on Twitter, this is the one day out of the year where they talk about Jason Voorhees. Yep. And so I knew that, and I knew what his birthday was, but I yep. think I hadn't put together that this was Friday, May 13th. I think I had not put those pieces together in my brain properly. Yep. Yeah. In a way to say to myself, oh, what happens on May 13th? Oh, it's my father's birthday. <laughs> well, um, and so I'm going to have to call him tomorrow and apologize. Uh, but he's listening, right? He'll be listening at some point when this is on, and I will say happy birthday, Dad. There happy birthday to you. It's even better than a phone call. It's in front of everybody, right? Yeah. It's nice. All I know is, hey, Dad, remember who did remember when you write out your will. He's 72 <laughs> years old today. Yes. Yeah. 72 years old. Yeah. He got an espresso machine. He's very excited. Good for him. Yeah, he was loving it. Good for him. 72. Can you imagine being 72? No. Seems awful, doesn't it? I don't know. I, part of me thinks it seems awful because I wake up in the morning and my legs are stiff. <laughs> and I'm not 72. I'm it's like, just going to get worse. That's the thing. It's just going to get worse. And it's like, and I know why my legs are stiff is because I'm still just walking around wearing Converse, which give you no 
like foot support in any way. And then I'm walking four or five, six miles a day. And it's like, my legs are like, you're not in your twenties anymore, my man. I need support. Right. So I got to fix that problem. But like, I also just like Converse. So, but yeah, I mean, but like the older I get, like the more things stop working properly or break down or the more sensitive I get to things that I used to not be like, not mentally, but like physically sensitive to things. Like I developed allergies in the last three years. I used to never have allergies. Yep, yep. My body's just falling to pieces. It is winding yep. down to die. Yep. That's the fun part. All right, Speaking well, of, the last bit of news, George Perez passed away. Very sad. Very sad. We knew but it was also, coming. Also happy that we knew it was coming and he got to go out seeing everyone praising him and he got to go out seeing uh, JLA Avengers reprinted, which was like barely, dream. barely reprinted. Did you read about why it was such a low print run? Why? Because it was a last minute thing of like, hey, let's do this. And then there is still the issue going on from like last year and whatnot where getting things printed is a little rough right now. So they couldn't print too many. Like they could not do a large print run. So could they do a second printing though? Is it, or are they just they, never going to do that? I don't think they're going to do second printing because the, the thing was like we want to get it out before George passes so that he can get a copy. He can see it's out there again. And so that was their push on that. So it's like, if this is all we can get out in that time, that's all we're going to get out in that time. And I don't think they'll do another one, which is too bad. You know, yeah, because it fucking rules, and I was not able to get one. Neither was I. Neither was I. I, I just, contacted my local comic shop, like, the day they announced it, and I said, hey, can I pre-order this? And they emailed me back and said, uh, you're the 80th person to contact us on this. <laughs> and we're we're going to be lucky if we get one copy. So, so I feel no. like, but I feel like when that, that level of interest is exists, I feel like that has to get back up to the higher ups, right? I would think so. I would. So people so. aren't only, don't only just want this because of Perez passing. Because they it's want a monumental it you can't, event. And you yeah. can't get it anywhere else. No. No, it's not on the it's not on the streaming. It's not on the the services. You can't buy. I think you can't buy it digitally, right? Like it no, doesn't you exist. Buy it digitally, no. It doesn't exist, and so I think that that's it's like one of the last comics that doesn't exist, uh, except in original versions. And so getting reprints of it feel really monumental. I think it would really do well. Yeah, I I, I mean, the, yeah, it's it's all of the Marvel DC crossover stuff is impossible to get, right? Because they're neither company is willing to let the other one handle it in any way. And, and some of that's okay. Like I, I really enjoyed the amalgam stuff, but like, I'm okay with never owning that. Like it was fun. I enjoyed I, it. That is something where I'm like, why it's too bad that they can't just both put it on their, their apps. Right. Like that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. But, but they can't, you know, because of copyright issues and whatnot, you know, so it was very problematic. And especially now that it's Disney and Warner brothers, it's even more problematic, you know, like um, until Disney buys Warner brothers. Until Disney buys Warner Brothers, and then all the stuff will be out there everywhere. But uh, maybe it was Kurt Busiek that was talking about how, like, it was already hard enough when it was just Marvel and DC, and, it, and DC was owned by, by Warner Brothers at that point. But once Disney bought Marvel, all conversations between the two companies just shut down. Like, that was the right. end of it. Right. And, you know, so the idea of doing anything at that point is pretty much impossible. And that's part of what made this so shocking that they were able to do uh, even a limited run of JLA Avengers. Yeah. It's sad though. I'm sad it was limited. I'm sad. I'm probably never going to get my hands on a copy. Um, cause I'm not going to go buy it on eBay. I'm sure there's copies of scalpers on eBay. I'm sure. Yeah. And they're running for like hundreds of dollars. And yeah. Things. And it's not that it's not worth that. I could probably actually probably get the original comics cheaper than that. 
Yeah. Yeah, what do you think? Do you, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, it is very sad that George Perez has passed. George Perez was your first comics professional you ever met. Yes, he was. Yeah. Met him at Little Nemo's uh, Comic Shop. Uh, a, ni- a nice guy, a, a good uh, – by every story, a good man. Not just a great artist, but a good man. Yes. Uh, and, and, and I highly recommend, along with just looking at any of his art, because art is amazing, watch the Teen Titans Go episode where him and Marv Wolfman show up. And you realize watching that, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, that Perez missed out on a career as a voice actor because he is so great in it. Like, yeah, he is just like he puts everything into it and it's wonderful. And it's and Wolfman, I, like Marv Wolfman does a very good job, too. But Perez is like amazing. It's like, oh, man, this guy could have been a voice actor, like without a doubt. I'm like, I like goofy cartoons and stuff like SpongeBob kind of stuff. Like he's having a blast, I think, when they did that. Yeah, well, he's one of the greats, and uh, I unfortunately for every other artist that exists, he is one of the guys that I judge every other artist against. And I think every <laughs> artist judges themselves against him. Right? Yeah, and I especially when they do crossover stories. Like if you can't do a panel like George Perez could do, you shouldn't be drawing a crossover story. Yeah, yeah. I need you to have every character perfectly depicted and identifiable yeah. and down to the last detail, even if there's 700 of them standing around in a space station or whatever. I mean, that, that was a main thing of, or a, a big thing of Infinite Crisis, the sequel to Crisis on Infinite Earths, was they were like, hey, Phil Jimenez exists, and he his art looks exactly like Perez's, so we can get both of them on it. And neither of them are good sticking to deadlines, but the two of them together, we should be able to get it out on time. <laughs> like, And it worked. And there are points you can't tell whose art is whose. You know, but pretty uh, incredible. Phil Jimenez can't can't draw everything. Neither could George. And he is now gone. Rest in peace to George Perez, uh, one of the Titans. We lost George Perez and Neil Adams in the space of just a couple of weeks. Truly, yes. yeah, sad rough, days for the comic book industry. A rough period, right there. Like those are two gods of the industry, and that, that's a rough time. Neil Adams, he, oh, what? Uh, uh, what's his name? Vibe DC's vibe hated that character. George Perez did. Um, <laughs> good, good, good trivia. Uh, uh, here's even better trivia. Neil Adams uh, owned a comic book store here in LA. Oh, did he? Um, with the worst uh, name that any comic book stores ever had. What's that? And that's a that's a high bar to clear, by the way. Yeah, because there's a lot of bad fucking comic book store names. Do you want to know yeah. what the name of Neil Adams' comic book store was? Yes. Or it is it's still open? I mean, like he doesn't own it anymore because he's dead, but it's still open. It's called Neil Adams' Krusty Bunker. <laughs> it's got to have some kind of inner meaning to it like for him and his buddies or something, right? I, I don't know. I think it might be a chain of comics he, stores. He just like, bought one and put his name on it. Is like my, what I think might be the case. Who but anyway. Chain Krusty Bunker. Krusty Bunker. It sounds like where you put your jerk-off socks. The Krusty Bunker. <laughs> I was going to say, like, 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 why are they going after Comet Pizza? Krusty Bunker is clearly the place where they're hiding kids in the basement. <laughs> It's crusty bunker. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's a good comic book store though. And it's got like a, at least here in LA, it's got a very big uh, back room for gaming and it's got like a lot of stuff. And um, I went there and I bought comics cause that's what I like to do when I go to a new comic book store. I forgot to go there for free comic book day, which happened just like a week or two after Neil Adams passed away and they were giving out Neil Adams autographed things. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. From beyond the grave. That's crazy. All right, do we have Marvel trivia? We do. We do have Marvel trivia. What do we got? Uh, hold on. There we go. 
what food does Tony Stark suggest the Avengers eat at the end of the Avengers? Shawarma. Shawarma. Uh, which of the following is Fandral's signature weapon? Claymore, flail, rapier, scimitar. Rapier. Yep. Anna Bowden and who directed Captain Marvel? Shit, I forget his fucking name. They're the they're the directing team. Oh, I don't remember his name. Ryan something or other? Do you want the four options? Yeah. Because they're going to make it real obvious. Ang Lee, John Favreau, Ryan Fleck, Shane Black. Ryan Fleck. See, I had I had half of it. I you just forgot Ryan. his yeah. last name. Yeah. There you go. Those are your those are your trivia for this week. All right, this week on Marvel Vision, since we don't have a new Marvel show to talk about, we are going to be going into some other live-action stuff. We're going to be talking about the one of the two Legends of the Superheroes broadcasts from 1979. We're going to start with the challenge of the superheroes. Derek, you ready to talk about this? Unfortunately. Here we go. Legends of the Superheroes, Episode 1, The Challenge. Uh, And I gotta say, I am so fucking mad at you for deciding we should watch this. (laughs) Uh, Excuse me, this was your idea. I wanted to watch the Justice League animated series. This is my idea. I'm like, yes. I said we should watch the the Cadmus epic uh, from Justice League Unlimited. And you're like, no, we should watch Legends of the Superheroes. Oh, what the fuck was I thinking? Every goddamn creak of those chairs. It's unreal. It's so fucking bad. You know what's funny? I never hear you complain about me making noise on the podcast again because God forbid Riddler could not stop creaking his chair. is uh i think i had seen the um i know i had seen the roast yes and this was this was this was two specials that aired in 1979 um you say specials i say torture devices i don't think that i had ever seen this one i had seen this one i had you seen not remember it being this terrible yeah it's like fucking unreal like i mean it's like crazy Uh, so basically the premise here is that Hanna-Barbera had super friends on TV and superhero stuff was like kind of percolating again in the culture. You know, we had Superman and we had incredible Hulk and there was a Spider-Man on TV, Wonder Woman. So the superhero shit was like, kind of like making a comeback at the time. And so they decided let's do a live action thing, sort of riffing on the super friends. Yeah. And they made these two specials. They aired um, in January of 1979. Yes. Uh, yeah. And on Tubi, we, we directed you to Tubi to watch these. Tubi has them backwards. Um, the challenge is the first one that aired January 18th. And then the roast aired tw- the 25th. Um, and you want to watch them in order because the continuity is very important. <laughs> you really got to get the story. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're watching this last night. Like late at night, because I totally forgot that I had to watch it. And I, I said, watched it Shit. today and I almost stopped. I was like, I may have to tell him I can't record today because I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. I actually considered stopping and just sort of faking it. Like I was like, can I fake this? I bet I can fake the rest of this. Uh, <laughs> it's so fucking bad. And I have so many notes. It's insane. Um, so uh, 
But I turned to my girlfriend and I said, I think you need to understand, you know, she's a millennial, right? So she's younger. And I said, you need to understand that this was in my lifetime. Yes. Like this is what superhero stuff was like. Yes. And this was what the general understanding of superhero stuff was. I mean, obviously not all of it because Superman, the motion picture, um, Superman the movie was terrific, right? I mean, like, and, and it took it much more seriously than this, although it did still have elements of this in it. And, but this is very much what the audience thought of a live action superhero thing is going to be silly and dumb. And to see the distance that things have traveled from 1979 to 2022, oh, um, you know, is, is pretty wild. Uh, yeah. It's really, truly wild. Yeah. However, I wish that the 2022 stuff was as uh, was as uh, f- uh, faithful to the comics as this as this garbage <laughs> is. Some of it's really <laughs> shocking. <laughs> yeah, like it's when they go to like Gigantus' uh, origin, I was like, wow, they're really going there. Huh? That's like actually it. Yeah, like it's like <laughs> yeah. truly weird. Um, yeah. So the premise of this special, this first one, is that the sort of Legion of Doom. Yeah. And like they are like the, like they talk about having like a domed fortress on a hidden island, which is obviously the Legion of Doom skull fortress, right? Yeah. I mean, that's obviously what it's supposed to be. Yeah. They just don't show it. No. And they're hanging out and they are uh they waste about seven minutes doing a roll call. Yes. Some of the worst shit I've ever sat through. It's well, fucking wait, wait, you're unreal. Jumping, you're jumping ahead because there's something very important that happens in the opening where they're explaining everything and they introduce the heroes. And like those shots, Hawkman gives out the most terrifying scream I've ever heard. <laughs> he goes, ah! <laughs> it goes for like 20 seconds and it's like, what is happening? This is scaring me. Like, this is nightmare fuel. Yeah, but I'm sorry. It was just that happened. And then we get yeah. to see the Riddler and I'm like, oh, his costume is so sad. Like, yeah, they did a really bad costume. pull out the costume from this show? Like, what's going on? Yeah, so Frank Gorshin is back as the Riddler. Adam West and Burt Ward are back as Batman and Robin. So it sort of serves as like kind of an adaptation of the Super Friends and also as a sequel to the Batman TV show. Yes. Um, uh, And Frank Gorshin is really... He's giving it his all. He's fucking doing it. I mean, he's like giving it his all. He he has a sequence in this where he's basically like, like, hey, Robin Williams, check this shit out. Like, he's just giving it his all. It's cr- like the guy wants to work. That's the thing sure. that's incredible though is that he's giving it his all, and it's all bad. It's all terrible. It's he's all not terrible. good. I mean, like, it's like, you, like you can like really respect the amount of effort he's putting into it because he is fucking. He is sweating up there. Yes, but it's not good. He's not funny. To in fairness to him, I don't think he wrote it, <laughs> so he's he's using what they gave him, and yeah, they gave I him re- nothing. I recognize that, but I think at the same time, I have a suspicion that if Frank Gorshin got up there and like did a little, did a little ad lib, ad lib, they would just kept it in. Like I, like, yeah. I, I can't imagine they're like, no, Gorshin, stick to the fucking script. Like I just like, like I don't think they I, really. It's because it's just because it's so bad. I will say that one of the I looked this up, and one of the writers of this was also a writer on the Chevy Chase talk show. So keep that in mind. <laughs> um, and and so, they were also, all of the writers were writers for Flip Wilson show, which was a good show. So I don't know. It's, uh, so this, the supervillains have this like lengthy roll call <clears throat> and it's awful. It's, it keeps going. It goes on forever. And um, the Maybe Riddler. The are so creaky. <laughs> And the Riddler's doing all of it in his riddle me this thing. 
Yeah. Um, he doesn't do any riddles though. He just no, puts he, he me says, this riddle in. me this, and then he gives you their origin, and then <laughs> they go, "That's me," and that's it. Well, they don't. Do, they, 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 they attack, they attack him. him. Yeah. They attack him. And so the what's really incredible about this special, I think, is sort of the fucking depth of the bench of supervillains on this. It's like it's like unreal. I we have yes. What? I mean, no, like I agree. It's Solomon Grundy, right? And that's yeah. like already you're like, wow, that's pretty wild. Yeah. But then he's sitting next to Sinestro. Grundy was part of the the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like yeah. so, like all of these... them were in the cartoon except for uh, Weather Wizard and Mordrew, I think. Right? I think Riddler was on the team. I don't remember, but Solomon Grundy, and then sitting next to him is Sinestro. Yeah. Which is like totally nuts. Like, I mean, like, uh, that's a character who, like, when he showed up in the Green Lantern movie, was kind of like, that's wild. <laughs> like, yes. yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, and then there's like, uh, who's next to him? Oh, it's Dr. Savannah. Yes. Dr. Savannah's bald wig um, looks like test, it makes it look, look like testicle. He has a testicle yes. head because it's like all bunched up at the back. I am impressed that they gave him the, the weird Dr. Savannah ears, though. Well, that's the thing. Everybody looks exactly like the car- the comic book characters. Yes. Do like you know the, the actor who played Dr. Savannah, what his biggest role was? Mm-hmm. He played the Hamburglar from 1971 to 2000. He is, uh, he is the man behind Robble Robble. He is the Robble Robbler. Yeah. Uh, that's not his, I mean, his, uh, his biggest role, frankly. Hamburglar. Is... Uh, Sid Caesar's your show of shows. I'm sorry. He, how long uh, was that on the air? Sid Caesar's show of shows for 30 years because that's how long he played the Hamburglar for. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, are you sure you played the Hamburglar? That's what his IMDb says. Savannah Hamburglar. Huh. Yeah, because that is not uh, what his uh, Wikipedia says. No, well, it's on his IMDb. Oh, he's the voice of the Hamburglar. He didn't play the Hamburglar. So he yeah, he oh rubble, rubble. And he did not. He plus he started playing the Hamburglar in nineteen eighty six. Larry Storch was the Hamburglar before that. On IMDb, it's in nineteen seventy one and two thousand. That's just how long the character exists. Don't never listen to IMDb. Um, he took it over from Larry Storch uh, in nineteen eighty six. So uh, I didn't know Larry Storch was the Hamburglar. Look at that! What a lineage! <laughs> what a lineage! Uh, but he was on Sid Caesar's Your Show of Shows, and he did this comedy sketch called Uncle Goopy. That's like considered one of the. A classic. Like classic comedy sketches, like a lot of like comedy guys will like big comedy guys will look back at Uncle Goopy yeah. as like one of those really important ones. I mean, all all of them are like not all of them, but him the uh, the what's his name that plays uh, uh, Sinestro? He's he was he's he was uh, like one of Mel. Uh, uh, I want to say Mel Blank, but it's not Mel Blank. Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. He's like a Mel Brooks guy. Yeah, it's like, Charlie Callis. Yeah. Um, he uh, probably best known, I think I would say for our audience, probably best known because Charlie Callis did the voice of the noises. dragon in Peace Dragon. And also he's, his entire stand-up comedy was him making sounds. Yeah, him, yeah. He's like, like going, and then I said, and she said, like, and, that's like, yeah. and the guy became famous for that. Listen, when we were growing up, we had a guy that all he did was sound effects. Yes. And he was yeah. a movie star. Well, kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess he was. Yeah, I mean, he had toys like, made of him. Started like seven that. movies, right? Like yeah, and he had he had, to- he had toys. He started, and it was the president's favorite series. There you of go. Movies, yeah. Bill Clinton's favorite movies. So there. Um, maybe people can say that. But 
he yeah so charlie callis is like one of those big one of those comics who like worked forever charlie callis like one of those comics that really comes from like a totally different era of comedy that i think nobody understands now um and like he was like a vegas guy like you know he he uh, jerry lewis fucking loved him yeah. uh you know, Callis uh, uh, probably played the Poconos a lot, like that. Kind of well, Callis, like he like was like, like he was like on the Tonight Show like fifty or sixty times, and he's yeah. like one of those guys. Back then, they were like some of these guys. They had like one bit they would do again and again and again and again. And Callis yeah. had this whole bit about guys that were duck hunting, and like that was like the bit that he would go on TV and do again and again and again and again and again. And yeah. uh, people loved it. Yeah, and Johnny Carson would die laughing every time. They'd all fucking die laughing. He would yeah. kill them all. They yeah. loved him. Um, so there's They're Sinestro. There's Sinestro, then Savannah, who, and then next to him, truly out of nowhere, Mordrew. Yes. Like the Very most weird. intensely out of nowhere, because at least yeah. the other villains you can recognize are from the that show or, or are related to the heroes. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. like, they're the villains of the heroes more or less, not totally, but like, you know, but Mordrew's just out of nowhere. He's not connected to anybody because he's a fucking Legion of Superheroes villain. Yeah. Um, truly crazy. Uh, then next to him is Frank Gorshin as the Riddler. Uh, next to him is Giganta. Uh, Giganta. And uh, then at the end, it's the Weather Wizard. Yeah. But making it probably, has he ever been on the Arrowverse Flash? Yes, he was. Yeah. He, he has. Is okay. so this the, is the uh, first villain in Flash. Is he? Okay. Yeah. So then this is not his only live action appearance. No. No. Is uh, who on this uh, stage, this is their only live action appearance? I don't think Giganta has appeared elsewhere. Um, and I has Mordrew been in live action? I think Mordrew might have shown up in Supergirl at some point, or he might have been. He it's very plausible that he was mentioned in Supergirl, but he may not have shown up. How about but Savannah? I think, I think he did. Savannah's in in Shazam movie. Is he in Shazam movie? He's the villain. Oh yeah, that's right. Mark Strong plays him. That's right. <laughs> totally forgot. <laughs> Totally forgot. Marshall plays two of these guys. He plays dude. two of these guys on this stage t- t- tonight. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. If we made it today, Mark Strong, we're gonna have to do a, a split screen for him. Yeah, <laughs> and they're yeah. sitting next to each other. He plays yeah, two guys a, sitting next to each other on that's this. Pretty wild. That's how he. That, that was actually his goal is to play every character in every villain in this. That is his state of goal. The one day play his, all the villains. Yep, that's his egot. <laughs> is <laughs> being every villain from legend of the superheroes. What's really incredible is that usually when you watch something from the seventies like this, at least I, for me anyway, I don't know that Solomon Grundy has done live action yet. That makes, I, I can't believe he hasn't been on an Arrowverse show. He's just such an obvious character to throw into one of those. I don't think he has. He might've been on, on Gotham. He might've shown up. Because I feel like I've seen f- pictures of a live action. Solomon he's been Garvey. in Star Girl, according to the. Oh, movie. that's right, that's right. He's on. And Star he's Girl. on Gotham. Although he's CG in Star Girl, he's a CG character. But he's, he's on. He's on. He's on Arrow. He's on Gotham, and he's in Star Girl. Okay. I don't remember him in Arrow. But. Um, I, I think CG counts as live action for the yeah, I would, yeah, I would count it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if it's not a, if it's not a CGI show. Yeah, it counts as live action. But what's crazy is that usually when something from the seventies like this, like this kind of like bullshit variety show thing i traditionally recognize a number of the people on it and this is made up almost largely of nobodies like truly absolute nobodies and i want to talk about some of them because they're like such interesting nobodies so like solomon grundy is played by this guy mickey morton and uh mickey morton uh he uh is probably best known i'm gonna say for again the folks listening at home he is on an episode of star trek 
Um, he plays Klug in the Gamesters of Triskelion. Uh, oh, and really? yeah, he's wearing like a harness and he's topless. Oh, yeah. Truly goofy looking. Um, he's done a couple other things. Like he's a big guy. So he shows up as like a big bad guy in different yeah. things. Um, uh, so, but he's like not very famous. Jeff Altman, who plays the weather wizard is another one of these guys who was like really kind of famous in his own comedy world. Okay. Um, so like he, um, Letterman's a huge fucking fan, like an enormous fucking fan. And Judd Apatow has said that he has been a huge influence on him. Really? Yeah. But you, but you've never heard of this guy. Like, oh, oh, you know, he was, um, as the weather wizard. (laughs) (laughs) He, uh, he, he, like, like, and like his career was never that great. So like he, he hosted a TV show that is like legendarily one of the worst TV shows of all time okay. uh, called Pink Lady and Jeff. Okay. Uh, and that. it was a show that uh, 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 played in, 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 it was on 1980 and it was uh, unbelievable. It's a singing duo, Pink Lady, Japanese singers, and Jeff yeah. Altman. Yeah. Like, so imagine this, like, it's like crazy. Like, it's like these two Japanese singers and Jeff Altman, this comedian, and they would just switch back and forth between musical numbers and sketch comedy. Like, yeah. it was truly disastrous. Um, it was a weird time, man. I kind of wish TV was like that again sometimes. It's sometimes it is actually, if you look, there's like, there's like yeah, weird yeah. shit that runs on network. You're like, how the fuck did they ever make that? You just don't, you don't hear about it anymore. But yeah. like, but Pink Lady and Jeff is probably like one of the most famous shows that nobody's ever seen. Now that we talked about it, you're going to go watch stuff and you're going to get, you're going to see references and jokes about Pink Lady and Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, but so he had like, he, but you know him probably best uh, because he played, um, uh, he was in, he was in uh, Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters. Um mm. Uh, he uh, also did some shit on Dukes of Hazard and Mork and Mindy. Well, there you go. Yeah, but uh, so like he's probably the most fa- like him and Charlie Callis are probably the most famous guys. I guess Frank Gorshin. Frank Gorshin's pretty goddamn famous. I mean, um, Batman has kept him in in the people's minds for decades now. Uh, and so we talked already about um, about what's his name uh, as uh, oh my god, my brain. Uh, Charlie Callis. Charlie, Charlie Callis. We talked about also. Um, oh my God, forget it. <laughs> Howard Morris. Howard yes. Morris as Doctor Savannah. We talked about him a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, but the uh, the most the most interesting person on that stage, I think, is the person who has the least to do. And Giganta, uh, who just vanishes from Giganta. <laughs> Yeah. So she's played by this woman, Alicia Brevard, right? So Alicia Brevard has this incredible fucking story. Like, this is unreal. And so Alicia Brevard, her deal is that she uh, was assigned male at birth. And she knew very early on that she was um, not a boy. Okay. And this is like 1935. Like, this is not, this is a long fucking time ago. So she ended up moving to San Francisco and she became a female impersonator. And mm-hmm. um, she, her whole thing was doing Marilyn Monroe. And she mm-hmm. did, she was so good at it that Marilyn Monroe came to see her show. Wow. That's then huge. when she was, t- when she was 21, she had gender reassignment. And she's like one of the first people to do it. Like her Christine Jorgensen, right? That's the, like she's like right yeah. there at the beginning. Like this is like okay. the like the, the late fifties. This is really like one of the first wow. to do it. Like really, 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 really rare. She then went on to work as a stripper, and she was a Playboy bunny. Wow. wow. Yeah, and oh, she yeah. got a fucking she got a fucking master's degree in theater. 
Really? Yep. And in this special, she brings out some champagne for everybody. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Like her story is like wild. Like she has like lived a fucking life. She yeah. was married a number of times. None of her husbands knew that she had been uh, signed male at birth. Really? Wow. Yep. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's like truly a wild story. Sooner um, or later they will make like a movie about her and there's going to be a scene where she's dressed as Giganta and people are like, what is up with that scene? <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, why, why is she hanging out with, with the Riddler? What's happening? Yeah. Um, the she, I would actually, you know, that would be my entire format for the movie, would be her on the set and be like, how did I end up here? And then you run through her life up to that point. And then it'd be like, well, actually, I've done a lot of great, amazing things in my life. But I'm stuck playing fucking Giganta. She um, she wrote two memoirs. Uh, the first one's called Woman I Was Not Born to Be, A Transsexual Journey. And then she followed that up 14 years later with the memoir, uh, The Woman I Was Born to Be. And okay. so she had like a really interesting journey in terms of being trans because at the time when she transitioned, for her being trans was not a category that she wanted to be in. She just wanted yeah. to be a woman. Okay. And so, so I think some of her attitudes might be not necessarily 100% what folks have today. Sure. Um, but, uh, she's a really interesting character. She's a really interesting person. And I mean, like, like, on, like out of literally everybody on this special, I'm going to say she probably has the most interesting life. Yes. Cause that's I just crazy. I have a question about what? her, her biographies. Did they come out before or after I'm not Spock? I am Spock. Uh, much later then. Okay. These are both 21st same, century. Same titles. Same yeah, title no, structure. I'm, well, so the thing is that she, um, she, her, she, nobody knew that she was trans until she published these memoirs. Really? Wow. Yeah. So she lived like 40, 50 years and nobody knew that she was trans. Wow. She just, it was just not her identity. Um, I think that right there kind of puts the entire argument to, to rest. Right? I mean, yeah, but like, you know. <laughs> like, like, aside from the fact of like, fuck off, let people be who, who they are. Nobody even knew. There you go. Well, okay, so. I don't want to get too in the weeds on this, but there is a lot of controversy about the concept of what we would call passing in yeah. that community. And the idea that passing is the goal is a very controversial idea and that many people today do not believe that. And yeah, I, you might want to tell so, your husband. You know. So, well, I mean, whatever. I don't see why. It doesn't really make a fucking difference. No, because it's who you are. Like, that's my thought on it is if this is who you are, then that's who you are and you should be who you are. And that's the end of the discussion. Yeah, but, I don't know. I mean, I think that who you are, who she is, is a woman, and so yes. there's no reason to tell tell the husband. Well, you know what? Once upon a time, I had a penis. Like, I don't yes. think there's any value in that. So I think that she doesn't have to tell. And by the way, she was multiple husbands, not just one. Yeah. It was like yeah. a bunch of them. Yeah. Uh, and that's anyway, why I mean when, when I'm saying you are who you are is like if you are assigned male at birth and believe and, and feel that you are female, you're you're a female. That's it. That's the end of that discussion. Like to me, like all right, that's who you are. Have fun. That's it. I'm not saying like whatever the doctor said is what you are like. What do I so, about? but anyway, so like I think that Alicia Brevard is a character, a, a human being whose life story I would like to see on, yeah, on screen. Like I really sounds like or a really like a, interesting a, a, one. A series. I could. It sounds like there's enough there to be like a couple of seasons. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like you could definitely get tell a really fascinating story like in this time period as America changes, like from like yeah. the 50s to the 70s. You know what I mean? I mean like, it's, it's, it's really, marvelous, Miss Maisel, but more interesting. Yeah, you know. And I'm not putting down Marvel's Miss Maisel. I like that show. So, um, like that. so our here our villains after their fucking endless 
our, you know what's funny is that our our discussion of their check in actually lasted still not as long three three times. No. <laughs> uh, it's like very it was like very endless, but they eventually uh, get down to bones, and it turns out that Savannah has a um, a doomsday device that he's built. Yes, and um, it doesn't really make any sense. He hits a button, and in an hour, everyone's going to die. Like everybody, like yeah. everybody's going to die. It's yeah. kind of uh, wild to me uh, that the whole plan is that everybody will die, including the superheroes that we hate so much. Well, what, including the superheroes that we hate so much. What I do like is when, for whatever reason, they're like, now we should tell the, villain, the heroes that we're doing this, is that part of their plan is like, okay, uh, Solomon Grundy, you go out there and go to this place. And Solomon Grundy's like, what's going to happen when the doomsday device goes off? And I'm like, we'll bring you back before then. So, you know, everybody in there in the, in the hall of doom is fine. They'll survive. But I do like that. Grundy had that moment of like, are you guys killing me right now? <laughs> so I appreciated that. That is really funny. Yeah. Um, so they're going to do this, but then for reasons that are unclear and largely have to do with the fact that the people who made this do not respect the genre in which they are operating, uh, they tell the Riddler that he has to give them the heroes some clues on where to find yeah. the Doomsday device because that's just what the villains do, I guess, right? I mean, that's what they did in the 60s show, right? I mean, Riddler just left clues behind. Everybody left clues behind all the time to, to like f- figure out stuff, so that's what they do. Um. And so they begin this thing where they're going to leave some clues. We cut then to the uh, the hero cave. It's like, I don't know what's even going on here. I guess and, it is Happy Harbor would be my guess because it's um, definitely not the Hall of Justice. Is it the is it the, the Detroit cave? No, it's Happy Harbor. Is it Happy they're, Harbor? It's Rhode Island? I think, yeah. Um, I think. So it's actually, I think it's just they had the same set and they didn't want to build another one. That might be exactly the case. The superheroes are (laughs) gathered uh, to do a ceremony for a retired man. Yes. This was the moment I got really scared that I just watched a half hour of the wrong episode. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, isn't the roast them like roasting retired man, old man, whatever his name is? No, it's more the same old shit. I was like, God damn it. Did I, am I watching, did I just spend 30 minutes watching the wrong episode? And that's when I texted you like, which episode are we supposed to be doing? So I was very nervous. Yeah. Um, so uh, a retired man is an old man, yeah. uh, as the name might imply. And but it used he, to have a different name. It used to be Scarlet Cyclone. Not really sure why he's not Red Tornado. Not a clue. Not a clue. <laughs> I mean, that's what he is, right? Like, Yeah. Especially since like the Golden Age Red Tornado was like a goofy character with a tin pot on her head. Why didn't they just make it her? I don't know. I don't know either. You know what's really crazy? So they put a bunch of old age makeup on this guy, and he's actually already fucking old. Like, that's actually the craziest part, <laughs> is that he was born in 1922. So, like, he's a fucking old man. <laughs> um, He did, like, an unbelievable amount of TV. Like, he was I mean, just well, one of these like working actors. at that point, right? Because this is, like, 75, 76? This is 79. 79. He's almost so, 60. So he's almost 60. He's not an old man. You know, Do you he's know not, what like, people old, look like? like? He's not re- yeah, I mean, they look much older back then, which is probably right. why they had to put old man makeup on them and make them look even older. Like, it's funny, the old man makeup actually makes him look like a guy in his 30s wearing old man makeup. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's kind of weird. Like, it's it's actually really weird. I, uh, you, know, for, you know what's really weird? At no point in the making of this special was anyone like, hey, Batman, you got your mask on over your cape. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that later, because that's the whole <laughs> thing. I, I, did a lot, I, did a lot of, I did a lot of research into this, because I was really, truly... 
trying to figure out why. So angry at the entire episode. I was like, how can nobody fix this? Um, what's crazy is that this guy, so this guy, William Shallard, who appeared in a million TV shows, like, I mean, like, just like in so many, he was in the Patty Duke show, he was in Death Valley Days, um, he was on Twilight Zone, I mean, he's just like on every fucking show, he's like in a bunch of movies, too, that you've seen, He's he was in The Jerk, uh, yeah. he was in the movie Teachers with Nick Nolte, um, okay. he's, in, he's in, in, in The Heat of the Night, but so in 1979, when they made this, do you know what his other job was? No. He was the president of the Screen Actors Guild. <laughs> did they did they impeach him after this? Is that what happened? He served until eighty one, uh, okay. and then he became uh, he became involved in the pension and health plan part of this okay. uh, SAG. It's like crazy. Like he's like fucking. He's he's the SAG president. Wow, that's. Crazy. I mean, he might have been elected after this. Yeah, well, this he probably, probably was. They probably shot this in seventy eight. Yeah, this is what got him. This is everyone's like, well, we have to elect this guy because yeah. look at how great he was. He's retired man. So retired man gets a watch. Batman gives him a watch. The one joke I greatly enjoyed in the episode. Which is read, read the engraving and he says, Bolova. Read, read, read the inscription. Bolova. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That made me laugh very hard. That was hard. good. That might be, the, yeah, might be the only good joke in it. Actually, um, so there's ba- another joke that follows right up after that that made me laugh. And I'm, which is just what? Beca- which is they get like the facts of the Riddler's thing. And Robin's like, I'll get it. And Batman says, what does it say, laddie booby? <laughs> yeah, like, really is, See, I, that sounds like Adam West just doing a thing. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Because I don't know what that could have been. Um, so yeah, so Batman. They also is, call is, Robin the Team Thunderbolt later on. They call him a bunch of shit. Weird. Yeah. Um, the so Adam West is Batman again. He's back yeah. from the uh, Batman TV show, and his cowl is out of his cape. It's like really unreal. It's um, insane. And so there's two different stories I found on the internet about this. There's not, okay. you know, there's not a lot of information about this show on the internet. That's honestly kind of surprising to me. It's like hard, but you know why? Because none of these guys are that famous. So like, there's not like stories, like, you know what I mean? Like nobody has like the Charlie Callis stories. Yeah. Not that Charlie Callis wasn't famous, but he's not famous, famous in a way that yeah. we care about yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, so there's two stories. One story is that the way that the sound worked on the show, they mic'd him with a, a wired mic inside of his suit and they had to keep the cowl out of the cape because it was creating too much rustling when he turned his head. And I, I can believe that because you can see the mic on Robin's costume. It's just on his chest. Uh-huh. Um, but, but then there's another story which says that they did not have the correct pattern from the old costume and that was the best they could come up with. And that came from one of the people who was involved in costuming, so I don't That's know who to believe. But know. the other one came from the guys in the sound department, so I don't know who to believe. I mean, they definitely all have like – lavalier mics on them because that's why you can hear the creaking of the chairs. That's why when right. Batman's holding the paper, you can only hear the paper rustling and it's hard to hear him talk. It's like, <laughs> it's like, my God, how is this fucking possible that this is what they did? <laughs> so, uh, at the hall of justice or happy Harbor or whatever the fuck this place is, we have the rest of our superheroes, um, almost to a person, Absolute nobodies. Like yes. I mean, like hard fucking nobodies, including some it's people Adam who West never Ward, and that's it. <laughs> My so so like to go down the rest of the list, um, there is uh, uh, Garrett Craig as yeah. Captain Marvel. Sure, uh, he's he's like a weightlifter, and he did like a little bit of acting and some stand up. No, but he never. Question. What? Why not get the guy who played Captain Marvel? Because I think it wasn't a Hanna Barbera show. So what? 
He's out there. The show, like he's just sitting around. I, you know, I have I a lot. Feel- I have quite a few questions. Like I questions on like why they chose specific characters. Like why is the Huntress in this? Like no, I know none of it makes any sense, right? Um, I I don't know. I think they just didn't bother. They don't care. Like it's just it's an intense amount of not caring, and yeah. also because Garrett Craig is a nobody. You pay Garrett Craig fucking scale, yeah, and yeah. and and give him some craft services, and he's pretty fucking psyched. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and and you know, he's like, I'm sure a nice guy or whatever, but he really is like a fucking nobody. Yeah. And like I said, he did like some stand up. I mean, that's like the but like these are people that I can't find any information about on the internet. Like I spent all night last night researching this and I could not half these people. I couldn't find anything about them. And in fact, the times that I did find information about some of these people, it's because I found them in the thing that you rarely see on the internet anymore, which is blogs written by obsessive weirdos. Yes. So like I found information about two of these actors by finding blogs from obsessive weirdos, including one beefcake blog. Are these like angel fire blogs? It's like essentially that. I mean, like yeah. it really is like, and so yeah. like that's the level of information about these guys that are out there. Wow. Um, when the guy that I'm talking about specifically is Bill Knuckles who plays Hawkman and he was a weightlifter. He was just yeah, a weightlifter. He, that's just, he was in shape. That's for sure. But he's also not an actor. It's like quite no. clear that he is yeah. not an actor. Yeah. He, I found out about him from the, the beefcake blog. Okay. Uh, uh, which was, it was a good read. Uh, there's not a lot to learn. Mostly the, the, the blog post was mostly about the author's sexual awakening, watching, um, uh, this, uh, this, this, this TV special, seeing, uh, Captain Marvel and Hawkman for the first time, uh, became, uh, a intense, it's a blog spot. It's called Boomer's Beefcake and Bonding. There you go. Combating heterosexism since 2012. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah. So Bill Knuckles, his biggest thing is that he, uh, placed number six in the Mr. America competition. Okay. So, I mean, that's, that's what you got. Higher uh, than me. He's definitely better than I've done. He is yes. very bad though. He's very, very bad. Yes. But his name is Bill Knuckles. So you gotta give him that. That's great. Uh, he, he definitely good- fights Dick Tracy sometimes. It is a good name. Yeah, like Bill, Bill Knuckleshead. Yeah. Uh, he is that, – that, that is a very, very good name. Um, Rod Hayes plays The Flash. He's the first actor to play The Flash. He, um, up until at least 2016, was still doing um, convention appearances. Really? Wow. Based on him being the uh, – The first live-action Flash. Uh, and actually right now I am, uh, doing a little bit of research and I have discovered a 2016 GoFundMe, uh, for Rod Hayes, who was dying in 2016. And this GoFundMe has raised as of 2016, 3,900 out of $30,000. Wow. That's That's really a tragic thing to, he had throat cancer. Yeah. So, uh, this is, uh, I thought the George Preston would be the most depressing part of this. This is ends up like, what a, like what a thing to find out in the middle of recording as you're like, just like kind of like pop popping around the internet to discover this. That's very, very sad. Uh, Oh, I, I don't know if he's dead though. I don't know. I would think so. I don't know. His IMDB doesn't have a death date. Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully he, um, forever. Maybe one is the speed force. He uh, he is the first guy to play. He has, I would say, in this show, I would say that he has. Is it possible to have less than nothing to do in this? 
I mean, him. He just Huntress, does poses. And Giganta. I'm not sure why they're in this. They have nothing to do. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's crazy. But I think he has the least out of all of them. He definitely appears the least because he like he vanishes at one point, and when he shows up again, I was like, I forgot Flash was in this. <laughs> like, Does like, he have any lines? I think he's got one line. I think. Yes, he does. Because at one What's point he line? almost punches Green Lantern during a fight. He's like, oh, excuse me. And th- I think that's it. And he, he might have ad-libbed that. He mostly just poses. He does these yes. poses like, like, and then to represent how fast he's going. Except that he, there's the one where he's like in front of the couple having a picnic. And he's just paused in front of them for like 20 seconds. And it's I'm like, unreal. what is happening? <laughs> like, what is it's going on? fucking unreal. <laughs> Oh. oh my god, he was in a movie that I loved as a young person. Oh yeah? He was in two movies I loved as a young person. Uh, he lo- he was in um, If You Don't Stop It, You'll Go Blind, and Can I Do It Till I Need Glasses. I'm guessing there was a sequel thing. Yeah, there, there right was. There. And they were, um, they're both like Kentucky Fried movie types movies. They're like, they're like sexy sketch comedy yeah. movies. Um, I'm pretty sure they're not any good, but when I was a kid, we, I had them on VHS sure. and why, my, me and my friend Joel watched them. Well, well when we were kids, there were a lot of movies we liked, not because they were good, but because there were naked women in them. It was like, boobs. Yeah. <laughs> you could see boobs. Oh, it was uh, a great movie. This movie's fantastic. It's, it's and that's one it. of the better ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, he has nothing to do. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's, it's almost pointless to even discuss him. Yeah. It's, oh, we forgot to talk about who plays Mordrew. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about that, did we? It's, so this is also crazy. So the guy who plays Mordrew, who I'm assuming ends up on a fucking jet ski. I can't imagine they got a stuntman, right? Like, this doesn't seem like the kind of thing that has a budget for a stuntman. I can't imagine writing in a script, Mordrew gets on a ski-do. Like, that's the amazing thing to me. Like, when that happened, I was like, this is fucking insane. Like, this is insane. He... This fucking guy is born 1919. He fucking fought in World War II. But more importantly than those things is that he was a member of the fucking, uh, the Dead End Kids, finally known as the Bowery Boys. Really? Uh, yeah, he's one, he's one of the fucking Dead End Kids. What the fuck? Uh, crazy. So it's these, it's, these, it's these bunch of actors from New York City, and they, they um, sort of played like rough and tumble uh, downtown kids. Uh, and uh, they made a bunch of movies. They made yeah. like a gazillion movies with them, and they had yeah. different names. They had like uh, the East Side Kids, Dead End Kids, the Bowery Boys. But like Leo Gorsi was in it. I mean, like these are like some like and it was like a big deal at the time. Yeah, and um, it's like wild that he he uh, he's playing Mordrew here. Yeah, I mean, it's like something else. I don't know if he's in. I don't know if he's in every single one of them, um, but uh, he's in he's in a bunch of them. That's wild. That's yeah. crazy. Isn't that crazy? Uh, it really is like a next fucking level weird bunch of like old Hollywood dudes. Yeah. And what's funny is that like in 79, like the, none of them are counterculture. Nope. Like I think it would have a whole different vibe if these guys were counterculture. Yes. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, yeah, you know, and Hanna Barbera had done counterculture. You know, like so, like they they could have reached into that world. I feel like, like H.R. Puff and stuff. 
Oh, that was Sid and Marty Croft. Yeah. Uh, forget me. Ignore me right now. I Hannah Barbara never did counterculture. No, I was waiting totally, to figure out what we were going to talk about. Totally ignore me right now. My brain just farted out. I had a really bad yeah. brain fart this morning. I confused Tom and Harold Robbins. Very embarrassing. And now I'm I just, saw that. And to be fair, both are writers who are disappeared. virtually forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Harold Robbins, though, has the plus of being a joke in Star Trek Four. Yes. When Mr. Spock mentions him as one of the great writers of this of the century, yes, uh, and he wrote trash, uh, right. but uh, seven hundred fifty million copies though sold so many fucking books, but you and nobody knows what any of them are called now. Nope. Um, but anyway, so that's that that that's like just it's really wild to me how none of these guys are counterculture guys. None of these guys are like interesting in that way. You know what I mean? Like, well, and you, I think have, have a totally seen, different feeling. I mean, it's many years. It's quite a few years later, but have you seen the Superman anniversary special that they had on NBC back in the day? No, I did not. Like it was the, I want to say it was the 50th anniversary special, but it may have been a different special like year for him, but whatever it was, it, it, it was produced by Lauren Michaels written by Al Franken. And right. it's wild because it's all Saturday night live people and like counterculture comedians doing things about Superman. So like, Dana Carvey shows up and it's like right before Dana Carvey was on uh, Saturday Night Live and he shows up and does some some stuff. The kids in the hall are in it, but it's before they had their own show. And it's like it's really weird. It's really wild. I have it on my Plex. You can always watch it on my Plex. Well, it's interesting because that's a generation that grew up with with these superheroes. Yes. Yeah. And so they have a different uh, connection to them. I mean, it's not good. Don't get me wrong. No, of course not. But but it's interesting to see like because it's all it's also that Al Franken eighties counterculture thing of like we're too good for this stuff right so it's got a lot of that in there but it's it's interesting it's definitely interesting to watch and be like wow this is pretty weird <laughs> like like who they got for this you know like Christopher Guest shows up in it and it's like that's pretty crazy you know uh, speaking of really crazy guest stars this has Danuta Wesley as Black Canary yes I guess that's crazy I don't know who that is. She's, I mean, she's like another nobody. She's like a person that did a couple of things. She was in like some Charlie's Angels episodes. Like these, a lot of these people are people that you might see either like ancient comedians or they're like people that you might see as like a guest star in an episode of Mannix. You know, like that's like the level of everybody in this. It's crazy. So like Barbara Joyce, who plays Huntress, nothing else. And again, I found a weird blog where somebody had a real like weird obsession with her. Okay. Um, and found her ex-husband after she died and interviewed him. <laughs> and she did like nothing else. Like she did nothing else. Like she does not have um, a particular uh, great – so I'm, I'm looking at her right now at her, her resume. Was she like a model or something? Or? She did some modeling. Okay. Um, she did a little bit of theater. Um, she did like The Tonight Show. Um, she did a variety series called Hamburgers. She sure. was on an episode of Sonny Bono's Comedy Review. There you go. I mean, That's like, so, me. yeah, I mean, like, so she's, you know, I mean, like, I think that it, did, it didn't work out for her very early on. Yeah. And she pretty much left yeah. the, the industry. And then she passed away um, a bunch of years ago, a bunch, a bunch of years okay. ago. But, like, it's, like, really wild to me. Um, again, this is the level of people – that are in this. And then who else do we have um, in this one? Can we talk real quick about the Huntress being in this? Yeah. Like why? Like I'm 90% sure that at this point in the comics, the Huntress was only an earth two character 
as the daughter of Batman and Catwoman. So it's real weird that she shows up in this. Like, just in that point in my brain, I'm like, I don't think she should be around. <laughs> yeah, well, it's one of those things where I wonder how they got the list of characters to use. Like, who 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 mandated which characters needed to be here? Like, like, there, like was something, there was definitely someone who was like, you can't use Wonder Woman. You can't use Superman. You can't use Superman. But you can use these characters, right? That's had to have happened. At least some of it, right? It's it, 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 Huntress. I, I mean, part of it probably is they were like, we need a couple of women. Yes, I mean that's probably just part of it. Frankly, we need a couple of women. Yeah, um, and, and, and so, at that time, there's so few DC female superhero characters, right? And you don't you don't have Wonder Woman on on, on, yeah. on call, so you have to figure out something else. Um, uh, is that everybody on the hero team? Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Yeah. Uh, he, he is played by a guy named Howard Murphy. And Howard Murphy, you're not going to believe this, is essentially a nobody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Howard Murphy. You're going to find this very hard to believe, but he's essentially a nobody. He, uh, he did, um, he did an episode of Chips, um, and uh, he's in a movie that I have seen a million years ago, but I do not remember very much about, and I probably want to rewatch it now after having watched this, um, because he's in a movie called Demon Rage, starring Britt Eklund, and he plays the demon, and um, she, uh, she she has sex with this demon every night. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, um, I I have not seen this movie in a very long time. It was um, it was a movie that they shot like in like this late seventies, and they released it ten years later or five years later. Like it's not. It might remember. I remember being not very good. Uh, but maybe it's a maybe it's a lost uh, gem that I just need to rediscover. Joe Bob Briggs, get on it. Um, it, I mean, maybe he's done it. Um, so with so those are our heroes, and those are our villains, oh, and, and of course, Burt Ward. And of course, Burt Ward, who is probably about 42 now, right? I mean, like, it's like weird. It's real uncomfortable watching them calling him boy and teen when it's like <laughs> he's clearly wearing a wig because he's he's got a receding hairline at this point. And it's like it's so wild. Um, yeah. He really given it his all though, too. Yes. Yeah. He actually has my other favorite line in this episode. Ralph Nader. Holy Ralph Nader, Batman. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so that, that so whole scene well, because that is a very common thing to do now. To have the character where like the the lead hero or whatever is real doofy and the sidekick is the one who's like, we got to get things done. What are you doing? Goofing around. And that's what that whole scene of Batman trying to buy a car is, is Batman being like, well, how's the horn? And, oh, well, you know, like, what's and funny, like, we got to go save the world, man. <laughs> what's actually funny is that that's actually a very classic comedy duo thing. But yeah. usually it's like an Abbott and Costello. And it just happens to be that Batman's playing Luke Costello in this bit. Yeah. And Robin's playing Bud Abbott. Like, it's really strange. Like, it's like you expect odd. Robin to pull Batman out of the car by his ear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the plot what of, do you mean the horn, Batman? <laughs> uh, the, the, the plot of this is that they get a fax from the Riddler, and yeah. it's, it basically gives them enough information to know that the um, Earth will be destroyed in one hour. And they decide to go run random directions – and if they get any information, leave it at the gas station on the corner. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's the flash's other line. He says, how will we contact each other? 
<laughs> That's what Batman's like. We'll leave messages at the gas station. So they go to the gas station a lot. They shoot yes. a lot at the gas station. They shoot a lot at the. Hold on, it's the Calabasas. Calabasas Automotive. <laughs> yeah, so I assume that a lot of this stuff was shot in the West Valley as a result, yes. and maybe it, up by like the Malibu State Creek, Malibu Creek State Park, and stuff like yes. that. Is my assumption. And they also clearly could not uh, afford to block off the street because across the street you can see people just eating dinner. Well, there's a guy in a red shirt just (laughs) leaning against for like 20 minutes in the seat. He's just like watching, like, what's going on? (laughs) So good. Yeah, I got that guy down. I got him in. Yeah, love the guy across the street at the restaurant watching this travesty be made. Yeah, it's like some kind of like Western theme restaurant or something like that. And like he is just standing there staring at them while they're working. It's so incredible. Um, Yeah, it was definitely they were filming in the morning. And then at some point in the afternoon, the restaurant opened. And that's what the lunch like rush is there. Because halfway through, all of a sudden, there's just people eating back there. And it's like, oh, clearly, they were filming in the morning, and now the restaurant opened. The final character of the show appears at the gas station, and it's the sassy black lady on the phone. Yes, Roz. And Roz from Night Court uh, yep. making an appearance here as yep. the, the black lady on the phone arguably, sassing the superheroes. Arguably the most famous person in this, in this entire thing. <laughs> I mean, Adam West is like I, pretty close. Yeah, I no, mean, Adam, like, Adam West, Frank Gorshin, and Burt Ward are the most famous. But like... She's she comes close up next in, in my generation thought is like, yeah, it's Roz from Night Court. <laughs> What's really fascinating about this character is that this character doesn't know who any of the superheroes are. Doesn't know who nope. Batman and Robin are. Nope. Uh, and all that she does is say uh, mean things about them to her friend Alice on the other end of the, the line. However, she and does actually help them solve the has yeah, she a long, does a long cord. The longest cord I've ever seen for a payphone. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. But yeah, she, yeah, she, she, she solves the mystery, which is pretty interesting. So they all run off in different random directions, which is like crazy. They, they just go places. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even understand. Um, yeah, there's no method to their madness. It's just like everyone just go and hopefully one of us will happen to figure out where something is. And then what happens is that a number of the characters wander into what are supposed to be comedy sketches. And yes. um, a number challenges. of them. I think there's supposed to be challenges. Well, a number of them involve Solomon Grundy. So they have – Mordrew has cast a spell on Solomon Grundy that as long as he wears this hat, he will look like a service station employee. But Which Solomon they do Grundy, not do anything with. They don't do anything. Well, he just looks the like budget? Solomon Grundy. But we, we have to understand that the characters see him differently. Yes. Uh, well, we have to understand that they filmed all of this in a day. I think that's <laughs> the important thing. So they didn't have time to be like, we can do scenes without the makeup on and then we'll put on the makeup and then we do those scenes. It was like, no, we, this is all or nothing at Calabasas. I'm going to say – We've got yeah. six hours of Calabasas Automotive to film all of these scenes, and that's. I'm going to say that I think Grundy might be one of the better characters in this. He is the most character uh, uh, buildup, yeah. Like, but also like it feels like a Solomon, like it feels like reasonable. Like he's so dumb that he keeps taking the hat off. Yeah, and so everybody recognizes him. He yeah. is so dumb that his big plan is to tie Hawkman to the the car lift and yell "Fly, Hawkman, fly!" Yes. Uh, and then he's and so then dumb. expected the camera to cut, but it didn't. So he just keeps <laughs> saying, fly, fly. <laughs> yeah. And then he has actually maybe my, my, the only part of the whole show that I liked, like as like a story bit is that Shazam uh, fools him into just running away. 
Yes, that was really good. It was really good. They 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 do a tire throwing contest, and uh, Shazam is like, I think I threw mine twenty yards further than you. Why don't you go check? And Solomon Grundy just runs off. And I was like, that's clever. I like that. That was fun. I like that. That was fun. That's a little like wisdom of Shazam kind of moment there. Like, yeah, yeah. uh, it was it was kind of enjoyable. It's maybe the only good part. Um, So like, like, I'm sorry, I think you forget. Mordru is on a ski do. Because that is the greatest thing I've ever seen. So weird. I don't even know why it happens. Um, <laughs> I have no clue. There's just all of a sudden a ski do chase in the middle of this, and the flash is on a rowboat. And it's like, what is going on? This is so bad. I'm worried that people who haven't watched this are going to hear us laughing about it and go, I got to watch it. Like, no, no, don't. It's no. so bad. I want to be very clear. Halfway through my notes is this is longer than the Zack Snyder Justice League cut. And it's not. It's only 45 minutes, but it goes minutes. on forever. It is there, so slow and so painful. So like there's like a couple of scenes at the gas station with Solomon Grundy talking to the different Justice League people and like you know beating them up or, or whatever. And then he ties up Black Canary. Black Canary really – barely in that bustier like i was like i was, were, like, this yeah, is, I was like are we gonna see a little more than we're supposed to because yeah uh, it yeah. was like kind of wild like how yeah. much she was coming out of that bustier it was not not well her costume was not fitted to her properly no. um but there are two scenes in particular that i thought there's like maybe three that i thought were unreal and uh they're all little sketches and okay. one is green lantern running yep. into sinestro who is for reasons dressed as a gypsy yes um so we're already problematic right like it's already problematic we already skipped over batman makes two woke jokes where he says all of us superheroes or for the ladies super persons (laughs) (laughs) which i'm very confused like as heroes i don't think there's a gender connected to that there is no gender and then he does it again with another thing where he's like or for the ladies blah blah people in deference to in deference to the ladies he says in deference to the ladies yeah but so like Green Lantern shows up and he um, is looking for the secret hideout. And so he decides to ask this gypsy. He gets what happens actually is that he teleports. He teleports in front of a rock out of nowhere. Yes. That the Riddler has painted the ring at himself and hitting himself with his ring and then vanishing and popping up elsewhere is how Green Lantern gets around. That's because they only had flying money for Shazam. Yes. They did not have flying money for anybody else. No. Um, but like the grid, the Riddler paints like a clue on a rock, and then Green Lantern just just materializes in front of it. Yes, and he's like he's like, well, because they all know they all just hang out in the same park. So, so that's one thing. Well, the funniest thing is that he materializes in front of this rock, and he sees some words on it. And he goes, "This must be a clue. This ha- this has to <laughs> obviously this is a clue." Well, it, to be fair, it says this is a clue on it. <laughs> yes, it's a good part point. of the riddle is this is a clue. So to so be he, fair to Green Lantern. It is indeed a clue. He tell, it tells him to seek his fortune, and he goes off and he finds this fortune teller, this gypsy fortune teller, and it is Sinestro in drag. Yes. Um, and they have like a lengthy fucking sequence. To be very uh, clear, this sequence of Sinestro in drag makes the scene of uh, what's his face in the Star Wars holiday special cooking seem <laughs> brisk and humorous because this is just painful and long. It is endless and it is not funny. And nope. also, Green Lantern seems like a true dummy. Well, to be fair, he, Haldron is a dummy. This is really dumb, though. The only person that's Have dumber you seen than the this Twitter is that's just all Haldron doing stupid things. No, 
it's great because it's all like just panel. Like there's one panel from the comic where like he slips and hits his head, and they're like he slipped and knocked himself out. <laughs> and it's like, and the whole Twitter account is just Hal Jordan's an idiot. <laughs> like that's all it is. Like look how stupid he is. So yeah. the 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 whole thing ends up with um, there's like a handwriting bit. I don't even. It wasn't even funny. I. Yep. I it, it didn't really go anywhere. And then it ends up with a palm reading bit where um, Sinestro tries to take Green Lantern's ring off his hand, but Green Lantern recognizes Sinestro's ring. Yep. And so they have a ring battle yep. that opens with Sinestro blowing the table aside. Yes. And then Green Lantern just, just slams him. Just, <laughs> just, hit, just hit Sinestro. Maybe Sinestro should have tried that. It's actually a pretty good stunt because he really folds up. Like he really yeah, yeah, folds he up flips. and flies he back. He does a flip. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, so that's like one of the sketches that we get involved in. Batman and Robin get involved in a sketch because um, the Sinestro previously had pulled some stuff out of the Batmobile engine. Yes. Very excited to see them all running out of the Batcave set at Bronson <clears throat> Canyon here in Los Angeles, by the way. I, yeah, which I guess that's where they're supposed to be then is the Batcave, right? I'm not really convinced they're really no that much into computer, continuity. That stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They're not really that into continuity, I don't think. But, I think they we just didn't, we did miss though that uh Batman and Robin, the car breaks down, the Batmobile breaks down, and they go to the gas station where where Well yeah, is. that's that's what happened. So the Sinestro yeah. made their made the Batmobile break down, they go to Grundy, they have a whole sequence of Grundy, uh and in which the most Batman, insane sequence because they figure out that it's Grundy, Grundy punches Batman and Batman's like, I'm leaving. <laughs> he just walks away. <laughs> Well, Robin goes, great work, Batman, making Grundy think that he really hurt you. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like when I was a kid and a bully would beat me up and my friends would be like, oh, you could have taken him. But, you know, we know that you don't want to – you just didn't want to fight. You're just not a fight. Like you don't want to fight people, but you could have taken him. It's like, sure, yeah, make me feel better. (laughs) It's wild that Batman and Robin go to the place where they're supposed to leave messages for everybody. They discover Solomon Grundy is there and then they leave. They, they, they get just beat leave. up and then they leave. <laughs> this is the story. Batman, the first action sequence is Batman gets beat up by Solomon Grundy. He goes, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. <laughs> like, and Solomon Grundy's like, all right, see you later. Like, that's it. Like, what? Then there's like a lengthy sequence of Batman and Robin taking a walk in the park, which was incredible. They're just walking on the street in like fucking Griffin Park. It's like so low budget looking. (laughs) There's one thing I kept thinking about this. Okay, so this is 1979, right? Yeah. Filmed in 78, but 79. That means it has been 13 years since... Adam West, Burt Ward, and Frank Gorshin first played these characters. Yeah. This is the last time they play these characters. Yeah. What a downfall. They started off with a yeah. major motion picture. They ended with this bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's with them with them walking, they couldn't even get permits to walk in the woods. They have to walk nope. along the side of the road in the park. Yes. It's like really lame. Um, they end up coming across a used car lot in the middle of the park. Yes. And um, – where uh, it's, it's uh, Weather Wizard is running a used car lot. So every one of these sketches involves the villains dressing up as somebody else. Yes. Which is why all the villains, I guess, are comedians. Like there was definitely a thing they were like, don't worry about what it says. They'll come up with some great stuff. And on the day, the comedians are like, I'm not – fuck you. You're pay, barely paying me anything. I'm not doing anything. And yeah, like so, it's like a whole used car salesman bit here where like um, we discover that Batman only ever carries 50 bucks on him at a time. Never carry more than you than you can afford to lose. It's like you're a billionaire. <laughs> also, this is the canonical first appearance of a Batman credit card. 
which showed up in no, Batman he, and Robin. Well, he doesn't have a credit card. He left his but credit he talks card in, about the, it, in the Batmobile. Yeah. But he talks about it. So like canonically yeah. it exists now. So I when, wonder if he's got one in the show at some point. That's a good question. Although I don't know when credit cards were first introduced. They – charge cards existed. I think they were not super widely used. Yeah. But they existed. Um, so uh, they had this lengthy fucking just buying a car bit. The one time the Weather Wizard uses his powers is he makes it snow. Yes. Suddenly. Well, he uses them again at the end. These two idiots don't even remotely notice anything happening. It's the middle of nope. summer and there's suddenly a snowfall and Batman's like, you could never guess what Mother Nature's going to throw at you. Like, shut the yep. fuck. This is the dumbest version of Batman that's ever existed. Th- this is what people think the 60s Batman was. And that makes me sad. Because Yeah, you're right. It really is that, right? It really yeah. is like a very dumb version of 60s Batman. Yeah. Although there's one somewhat good... Batman-esque, 60s Batman-esque joke later when they're on the motorcycle and it splits and he tells Robin in the sidecar, he's like, don't go over 55. Yeah, so <laughs> like, they they buy they buy a motorcycle and a sidecar from the Weather Wizard. And like the Weather Wizard sees this like as a win. Yeah, he's, he's like, guys, I did it. <laughs> and he's like, I was trying to slow them down because you they were walking and now you gave them a motorcycle. It's like so weird. It's like, why didn't you just kill them, my man? Yeah. Uh, and Sinestro, but, they're pissed at Sinestro. They're like, Sinestro, you failed. But they're like, weather well, wizard, good job. And it's like, they both did the same thing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so and then I, so Batman and Robin are on this motorcycle with a sidecar, and it gets the sidecar gets separated from the motorcycle. And there is like some, I'm using air quotes here, comedic business with them at sped up speeds driving yes. around. This is for the rest of the show. For most of the rest of the show, it's them. It's Batman holding onto the side of the sidecar, like as him and Robin just careen through parks, and that's it. Like every now and then, it just cuts to them doing that, and you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" The vast majority of action in this takes place in parks. This is like a this is like a this is like a, an, an ode to city parks. Is what this yeah, whole I'm show kidding. is. I'm not kidding when I say I think like they they had three locations. Right, they had the set and two locations. And they filmed it in less than a week. This was maybe this was filmed. Oh, this is a couple of days. Yeah, this is a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. Um, we get some other park business because there's like a couple trying to have a picnic, and Huntress runs to their picnic, and then later yeah. on, Batman and Robin come to their picnic. Flash and Black Canary. Everyone runs through, through these people's picnic. Which, yeah. by the way, don't have a picnic on the walking path. How about that? Because they're on are the they, walking path. Are they? They're on sure. the walking path. And I was oh, like, there you go. Get off the goddamn walking path. You can't be they upset had it coming. that people are walking through your picnic when you're on the walking path. They had it coming. Uh, and then the the, the 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 other comedy sketch is Captain Marvel gets stopped by the Riddler um, who creates a side-of-the-road psychiatrist's office. Yes. And this is the most – this is like they didn't even bother writing anything to justify any of this. Um, even in comedy terms, they didn't justify any of this because yep. – Shazam goes suddenly like he goes the secret is locked in my subconscious I need you to get it out I'm like where the fuck did that come from buddy like it's like such a weird twist of events that he like yeah. it's like so strange yeah none of it makes sense and then he just lays on a couch while Frank Gorshin does painful best, uh, business yeah he does his best uh, Robin Williams it is painful and it goes on for a very long time it keeps going it just keeps going it really does not. I did realize though during the sequence that uh, if they make a movie about Frank Gorshin, Andy Serkis should play Frank Gorshin. There you go. Yeah. Um, eventually, the Riddler has to tell Captain Marvel where the secret base is because Captain Marvel's too dumb to come up with it on his own. 
Yes. Because uh, it's at a lake. And so he's the Riddler does a word association game with him and says, ocean. And oh, this is water. And uh, yes, yeah, his body of water. And he's like, ocean, small, pond, <laughs> bigger. <laughs> bigger. Uh, and then he's, he's like, he's like uh, what's the one he uses for Utah? I can't remember. What is it? It's, uh, it, I forgot what he says, but he says, blah, blah, blank, blah. And, and Shazam goes, or Cat Marvel goes, Utah. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. This scene, though, he has his origin. He gives his origin here that he is a kid named Billy Batson who has been yes. turned into uh, into this guy by a wizard. He and they don't have him say the name. Nope, because he can't. which is a, but he can't. And so like, yeah. it's like weird. Like the level of fidelity within this is weird. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So and, and then Riddler makes a joke about the wizard molesting him. <laughs> so keep that in mind. It's 1979. Yeah, <laughs> a different world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's like don't let the wizard do any funny stuff with you and it's like whoa hey, hey. Uh, and then eventually the heroes all figure out to go to the lake they have like a little rescue sequence where Shazam rescues the heroes who have been captured uh, they figure out oh, this is the lake and Black Canary screams out they're at the lake yes <laughs> which now came my, one of my favorite moments in all of this where I got so angry and there's no reason to be angry because none of this is good. So I don't know why I'm like, why did the story fall apart here? But it really annoyed me that she screams it out and then it cuts to Mordrew and Mordrew's like, now they know where we are. They can stop us. And it's like, you gave them all the clues. You like, just spent the last hour, like going out of your way. <laughs> like you guys could just send your base for an hour and that would have been the end of this. Yeah. They would just have a retirement party all this time. Mordrew. Yeah. yeah. The superheroes show up and they have a big fight. Well, they, well, they show up and uh, Savannah is like, oh, I've created this potion that'll take away their powers. So they get them all to buy lemonade. Let's not oh, that's that. right. I forgot about the lemonade. <laughs> Savannah dresses like Benny Hill and, and talks like a child and convinces them to buy lemonade. I think I was blacking out at this point. I think like I had no more oxygen to my brain at this point. I think I legitimately was just blacking out. Like I honestly think so. Because you just said that about the lemonade and it all came crashing back like a recovered memory. <laughs> It's like it's like remember I've been abducted by aliens last night. <laughs> Good lord, I totally <laughs> forgot about the lemonade. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> I think it was more on the jet ski. I think it was more on the jet ski when I began blacking out. I just like Mordrew, I, I, I have easily a page of notes on Mordrew on the jet ski, and there all are who came up with this. How did this happen when they were filming? Did anyone think this is strange? What did the people that work at DC Comics think when they saw this? Well, it's funny because it's obviously a comedy special. It has a fucking laugh track on it. Yes. But even the comedy stuff isn't funny. So it's like, no, really? It's really tough because like, it's not clear. Like, I guess the premise is supposed to be that more on a jet ski is inherently ludicrous. And that's the joke. But yeah. like, it's just like not even clear. Like, it's like weird. Like you have the sense of like, do they think this is cool? Think of this. Think of this from like the point of view of Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams, <laughs> like all of those people, right. Who've been working in the comics trying to get like Batman respect again, trying to make things like Neil Adams is working to get creators their, their, their proper like money and stuff. Two years ago, Superman comes out or a year ago, 
Superman yeah. comes out. 78, Superman comes out. It's a massive hit. Richard Donner's whole thing was, I'm doing this versus, uh, versus Militude. We're making it serious. No, no jokes, no no winks, no nods. Beauty, beauty, beauty. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Great, great fucking movie. And then this is the follow-up to it. This is DC's follow-up. Is Look at this. More look how dumb this shit is. Look how yeah. dumb this shit is. Yeah. And I just Christ. can't imagine. Like, like at this moment, do you think Neil Adams watched or Yeah, Neil Adams watched this and like, I'm not going to fight to get the creator's money for this one. <laughs> I, I don't want their names connected to this bullshit. <laughs> like, my God. Um, so they lose their powers. Then they have the fight, um, which I guess is certainly a budget issue, right? Yeah. Well, I don't – I mean, I guess, but I wish they had come up with something better because it's real weird that it's like – this takes away their powers, and then Weathered Wizard is like, my wand doesn't work. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. He drank a potion, and now his his science wand doesn't work. What are you yeah, talking doesn't about? Make, doesn't like, make any sense. Yeah. Um, they uh, they beat up the bad guys, and they use Doctor Savannah's head to turn off the the um, Doomsday device with one second remaining. Yes. And then does more happen? I mean, I honestly, I'm like, I'm like in and out of consciousness at this point. Like, I am nope. like. Uh, uh, they just, all just, just kind of right? like like they beat everybody, and then it cuts, and it says three hours later. And oh, that's right. Retired man comes in and goes, oh, and then like starts to die, and it goes to a freeze frame. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So that it's he. It's like the premise that he has been following them, and he's so old and slow that he just got here. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta ask, what'd you think of this? This hurt. This hurt a lot. <clears throat> this was really tough to watch. This was really tough to watch. This and not really even because. Hard. Not even because like we're like fans of these stories or characters. It's just bad. Yes. Because I love the 60s Batman. I absolutely love the 60s Batman. There's a way to do this and make it good. The 60s Batman did it. They did it very well for three seasons in a movie. This is not the way. This, I mean, this is – this to me, this is the same as like the Star Wars holiday special where it's like none of, none of it works. None of it's funny. And there's a sense to it where it's like we they wrote this and they knew none of it was funny and they were trusting that the people they hired for it would make it funny, like the actors. But none of the comedians brought anything to it either. And so it's all just flat and weird. You know? It's just terrible. Just absolutely terrible. I just don't it's, understand. It's really bad. It's, it's hard to sit through. It's like really flat comedy – um, just the kind of stuff that when you watch something like this, you begin to get a sense of like what the counterculture comedians were rebelling against. Yes. Yeah. Um, because it really is Charlie Callis in the middle of a sentence, just suddenly going, yeah. and like, that's like a bit like in this. And, and, yeah. and so it really definitely has that feeling of, Oh, this is why comedy needed to be burned down in the sixties. Yeah. Like you can see a young David Cross or a young Janine Graffalo watching this and being like, I'm going to destroy all these people. <laughs> Like and understanding, like yes, I get you now. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, it it really is like it's it's so bad. But again, what it, I think what makes it interesting is that it's so unbelievably bad, so terribly written, such awful acting, and yet every costume is so incredibly accurate. Yes, like unbelievably accurate. Uh, and then also all of the character origins and stuff. Like Green Lantern does his Green Lantern chant. I mean, like yes. it's like it's like weird. Yeah, yeah. He does his chant. Like, they give Gigantus origin. That she was an ape that was put into an evolution machine. <laughs> it's like, like okay. As we, she was wrapping a foam thing around the Riddler's neck that's supposed to be a piece of metal. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's really strange. It's really wild. Yeah. It's Savannah's got his ears. Somebody was like, we have to make sure Savannah's got his ears. I mean, Mordrew looks like Mordrew. It's like really weird. It's like really weird. Like nobody yes. on the audience yeah. would know like that he's not like, why isn't he blue? Like, well, you know, it's it, no. I mean, like they just did it. They did all the correct yeah. things. Yeah. It's, why couldn't they use Brainiac? <laughs> like, that's the question. They probably there. couldn't use any Superman characters, right? I'm guessing not. I'm, I'm guessing Superman characters are out. So there's no Lex Luthor. There's no Brainiac. There's no yeah. Cheetah because they can't use any Wonder Woman characters. But, but Gigantic was on the Super Friends cartoon. She was part of the Legion of Evil. But that, but 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 she, is, is she a Wonder Woman character? I think she is. But but Hanna Barbera would have the rights to her. Would be like my thing. Like I mean, like I can see the rights to everybody. Yeah. It's probably just who like the larger corporate people yeah. were like. Well, we're doing I mean, something actively with these characters. Please don't. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine Gigantic. Anybody was really worried about. Yeah, nobody was really concerned about yeah. that at all. They, um, they, the Super Friends cartoon actually does a great episode. I mean this honestly. Where they give they show Gigantic's origin and they connect it to uh, the Native American hero that they created for the show that can grow, mm-hmm. and they like how they're and it's that their origins are connected and that his people every generation they choose one person to do that and Giganta when she was she was just like a, a normal person saw it and like she killed their chieftain and took the the, the potion for herself and it's like wow that's pretty crazy it's a fun little origin story they gave her for the cartoon that is interesting. Yeah. They released that episode on DVD with a commentary by Mark Wade and Jeff Johns. And they do very interesting commentary. You Mark know Wade funny? is so excited that they do Gigantic's origin in some way. He's like, I can't believe anyone would like bother to explain her. It's really You know good. what's really funny is that the Super Friends are the origin of probably a good percentage of the um ethnically diverse DC superheroes. <laughs> Because they invented Apache Chief, they invented El Dorado, they invented Samurai. Um, like, uh, did they invent Black Lightning? No, they had Black Vulcan on the show, though. Black Vulcan, he's basically okay. the same. I don't know why he wasn't Black Lightning. But so he's like, like, a, like a thing where they didn't want to pay the creators of, of Black Lightning. I don't know. Maybe I mean, it, but but I, I but I guess that. But they created Black Vulcan, so or do you yeah. not? Do you, would you not consider that an original character? I would not, because it's the same concept. He's an electric character and he's clearly just they didn't want to use black lightning so they just used black vulcan instead but it's funny because apache chief can't really be used anymore <clears throat> i don't think there's like any trying way apache they chief showed up they not, well they uh, they created 52 like the 52 they created a new version of him yeah he's uh called manitou raven yeah yeah um but eldorado showed up a, a couple of times eldorado shows up every now and again um the samurai guy shows up every now and again. Yeah. Eldorado, re- she showed up in the Wonder Twins miniseries, I think. They canceled that Wonder Twins movie. Did they officially cancel it? Because I saw people saying it was canceled, but I didn't say anything official. I saw uh, some reports that it was canceled. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'd like. Yeah, same. I saw reports, but the last official thing I saw about it was we just cast the Wonder Twins. And then like a week later, it was people being like, they canceled the Wonder Twins. So I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they canceled it. I'm not going to be like, no, but... I, 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 ju- I just opened um, <clears throat> the Eldorado Wikipedia page and discovered that Eldorado is dating Kid Flash in huh. uh, the Young Justice cartoon. Huh. I started watching the Young Justice cartoon, and it is very confusing to me. <laughs> that's uh, that's something else, huh? You it's, should be you should be in on it. They, they, they skip five years between the first and second season, 
And they do it on purpose. Like it's a thing where like you're not supposed to understand everything that's happening with all the right. characters. But it, it's definitely like there's a weirdness to it where like because now all of a sudden like there's characters who are running around that I know. But all of a sudden like four or five episodes in they're like, oh, this is actually what their story is in this. I'm like, oh, they, I've been thinking about them from the comic book standpoint. <laughs> so it's a little weird sometimes. Yeah, it's it's an interesting. It's honestly an interesting show. I could see like if I was the age when it was coming out to grow up with it, I'd, like I'd be all about it because you know it's the teen heroes and they're doing their own thing, and then it skips to five years and they're older, but there's new teen right. heroes and they're all working together. It's pretty interesting. Wally West is like there, but in the second season he's retired and he doesn't want to be a superhero anymore. And it's like, oh, that's fun. That's interesting. You know, I know there's an episode where where Joan Garrick dies, and that's what made me start watching it. I was like, I can't believe they go that deep into DC lore that Jay and Joan Garrick are hanging out on this show. That's pretty crazy. Well, I'm surprised that they don't show up in these Legends of the Superhero show because they truly go for deep cut characters and give them mostly their origins and their looks. So, um, yeah, yeah, this is one of the worst things I've ever watched. Uh, (laughs) I cannot believe we have to watch the the next, the other one. Well, the other one, having already seen it, I know it's like kind of better because it really. Because it really is just them sitting around doing bullshit. Yeah. And like I think that it's like the the comedy sketch stuff that I found really disagreeable here. Yeah. Because yeah. they just weren't funny. Like they just weren't no. good comedy sketches and they just like – they're just not strong. And it just was dumb. And also because next – in the next one in uh, The Roast, they introduced the character of Ghetto Man. Yes. Truly, Oddly, one of the more offensive things. He has not made it back into the comics. <laughs> uh, truly, one of the more offensive things. I mean, I could definitely uh, see writer Mark Russell using Ghetto Man to like point out how disgusting these things are. Like he, he right. does a, with characters in, in Wonder Twins and uh, uh, Snagglepuss Chronicles and stuff. It's actually possible that DC doesn't actually own Ghetto Man; that it's just yes. a Hanna Barbera character. It's yeah. actually possible that DC refuses to own Ghetto Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to talk more about Ghetto Man next week when we watch The Roast, uh, which, again, Tubi has is the first episode, but it is incorrect. It's the second episode. Oh, my God. What? This is not the first live-action Flash. Who is? Dan Aykroyd. Saturday Good Night point. Live yeah. I'm pretty sure Good. that was before this. I mean, we'd have to look it up. When, I mean, Dan Aykroyd wasn't on Saturday Night Live anymore by 79, was he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was already gone. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, Garrett Morris is Ant-Man, right? Yeah. Uh, I wonder if that, that doesn't count, though, right? I don't know. I don't, I mean, yes, no. <laughs> like, does it count? Does this count more than a Saturday Night Live sketch, I guess, is the question. Which one yeah. is better? Which one? I which think- one do we want to think about? I think the way that it has to work is I think we have to acknowledge that it has to be something created by the um, owners of the property and not like okay. a parody like this. Because like, this is that superhero party and it's like Belushi as the Hulk. and Yeah. Uh, is it the, like yeah. Superman's funeral or something like that? No, no. That's a different one. They did that later on. This is the original. It's just a superhero party. Okay. They're having a party. Uh, Bill Murray is Superman. Um, that's right. Yeah, and Garrett Morris is Ant-Man. I mean, with a really accurate headgear, yes. by the way. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's another one where they all look like they should look, which is really weird. I wonder if the case – I mean, some of these – some some of the comic book characters, they had official costumes that people would wear to, like, Toys R Us openings yeah. or whatever. 
I can't imagine they had a Mordru costume, though. So some of these might have just been like the Shazam, the Captain Marvel costume might have been the official costume or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or even Hawkman. I mean, I, I can't imagine they did a Hawkman. That the- Hawkman costume is actually pretty good looking. Like it's for the time good. and the budget. Yeah, it's like, oh, like I can't believe they did the mask. Yeah, I mean, it's like, that's something that, you know, just to reiterate, this is the most baffling thing about this show. Yeah. I think the only reason why it becomes interesting is because of that fidelity. Yes. If that was not there, then it would just be horrible. It would be like, this is, this is just mockery of pain. And I mean, it's already a mockery of pain, but like even more so if they were just like really weird with everything, just changing stuff for some reason. Yeah. So I think it ends up being like the dichotomy of like, this is not funny. This is not well-written. This is tedious. This is bad, but also every single character looks totally correct. Yeah. And but like oddly, they some, had Paul Levitt on, on set making sure that they had the origins right. right. Yeah. yeah, like it's like – and the characters have their actual origins. Like it's like really weird. Like it's really weird what they bothered to pay attention to when they did not – they paid attention to the costumes and the origins. They did not pay attention to the comedy or the acting. Nope. Would nope. have liked to have seen them flip that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind if Mordrew didn't look so much like Mordrew if it was funny. You yeah. Know. All right. That's enough for this, right? I thought we were going to go 20 minutes and this has been an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, look at that. Too long. Too longer than the fucking show. We spent a lot of time talking about each actor and how they're nobody. (laughs) Well, I was just really fascinated by how much everybody's a nobody. (laughs) It is impressive. Because again, like the Star Wars one, you think that like you get names for some of this stuff. Nope. But I guess, I mean, Star Wars is probably a bigger deal, right? I mean. Star Wars is a big deal, but still, I mean, Hanna-Barbera was just cheap. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Back again next week with the roast. Uh, and we'll see you then. And if, if you're listening to this and you're curious about what our thoughts on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness are, you can hear those only on our podcast, Watchmen. We did a four-hour episode about this movie, and it's available only to subscribers at the $5 and above level at the Patreon, www.patreon.com slash cinemasanga, S-A-N-G-H-A. Derek, where can they find you on the internet? They can find me on Twitter at WH underscore Woolhack. You can find me on Twitter at DevonCF. And in the meantime, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, may you be well. But most of all, may you remain a true believer. Believer.